0: This morning we read, uh, they read for us Genesis chapter 13 and verses 8 through 12. I'm going to open my Bible to that and, uh, and uh, just let's see what God's word had to say for us this morning. Genesis chapter uh, 13 and 8 through 12. I don't know about you, but I like to write in my Bible and uh, write notes in the margin. Yeah, you, I, I love those Thompson Chain Bibles. I can write all around there and put everything in there. And so, in Genesis 13, we find the story of Abraham and Lot. And um, obviously, uh, when we listen to her read the I mean, him to read the scripture, we find that there was a strife. There's strife between here the Abraham and Lot, and uh, and, they're, and they decided to separate themselves. Some people just can't get along, and so they said, "Look, let's just separate." Um, You know, and uh, forget how close they are with a family. Let's just separate. So Abraham um, said to Lot, uh, if you'll take the left hand, I'll take the right. In other words, Abraham, he just wanted to solve the problem. You know, you you know, around some people are are peacemakers. They don't want to have any strife. Look, I'll just give in rather than fight over this thing because I'm not one to go fighting for something. If you want to do that, good. Right, take that parking space. I don't have to, you know. You pull into a parking space, and someone pulled in from the other side, and he came right where you are. Right? Well, you know, let him have it. Who cares? Yeah. So here, this is the idea. Yeah. Abraham he saw that there, there was there was strife there, and he says to Lot, "If thou wilt take the left hand, I will go to the right." And when Lot lifted up his eyes and uh, and all of a sudden, he sees the well-watered plains. Now, what was left if he didn't take the well-watered plains? The desert. Now, who thinks you want the desert? And, you know, you obviously want the well-watered plains where the, you know, the, the pastures are going to grow and the crops are going to multiply and all this so on. And, um, and so what did Abraham do? Abraham says, you choose whatever one you want. That's not easy for some people. Because greed gets in your heart, and you want what's best for you, and you might find out it may be the worst thing for you. Yeah. yeah. hey, Taking the job that with the biggest pay doesn't mean it's the best place for you and your family to go be, to raise your family at. Yeah, right. Hey, it's sometimes being out here in the farm country out here, and then where your kids are in church every Sunday, you're having a, a youth program, and you've got places where your family can do stuff together, and maybe you're not making six figures. But you say, I'm not going to take the well-watered plains. Abraham gave him a choice. And, and, and so the key decision in everyone's life, the key decision in everyone's life is today is are you a giver or a taker? Because, yeah, every one of us is one or the other. And you might find out that you know, they say opposites attract. <laughs> well, no wonder sometimes you get two, two takers in a marriage and you really got some problems. Yeah, by the way, and I don't want to go delabor de- down that way, but when you got two two young people that are immoral before they're married, you got two takers. And when they do get married, you still got two takers. Yeah. And you think it's all going to be wonderful. No, it's not. Um, like Abra- Abraham was a giver, and he was more likely to do whatever is necessary to make peace. You ever be around like that? They never want to get in an argument. Look, if you want this, you can have it. God needs more people like that. Now I'm gonna fight I'm gonna stand for what is principal what's principally right. Yeah, I may be entitled to this, but at the other hand, you know, how many families are split up? And as a person who's written, I don't know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of wills over the past forty years, you know, I see people who fight over the littlest things. It isn't worth fighting over. Your, your family, we be brethren. I like that what he said. We be brethren. And Lot he didn't have to look very far. He saw that well-watered plain and he saw, hey, my herds are going to multiply, my crops are going to multiply, and I'm going to have all this stuff over here. So what did Lot do? Lot took what was best for him, but it might have been just be the worst thing for him. You know, Man, you take the job that pays the biggest pay and you have to move to another state or something and you find out. That you're you don't have a good church anymore, you don't you're losing your family, you have to work all these hours. Who cares if you, you make a seven-figure income and you lose your kids in the process? So Lot he was taking what was best for him. Friends, a giver always gives out and is more likely to give in. I don't want to have a fight. Takers like Lot. Uh, always take what they think is best for them, even if it's not best for them. Their focus is on themselves. A giver is always, his major concern is, how can I help someone else? That's a giver. When we ask for people around here at the church, I don't expect takers to come to church and say, I'm going to work on Saturday and get all this stuff set up. And, you know, we'll work here late hours to put this tent up over here and cut the grass and, I mean, I don't expect the taker to do that, but you know who I want to ask to come help? Someone who's already busy and has volunteered many times before. That's the guy I want to ask because he's, he's going to say, I know I got a lot of things to do, but others are more important than I am. That's, that's a real giver who puts others before themselves. You know what the favorite, the favorite phrase of a taker is gimme, gimme, gimme. Yeah, you know this this whole welfare system we've got is a gimme 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 system, and you know instead of being responsible, um, givers are always busy. Find someone who's really busy and ask them for help. You know what? The busy one who's already busy volunteers, near, volunteers to do more work. We need a church full of, of givers like that. A taker looks for the path of least resistance. The least amount of responsibility. And and the taker's going to say, well, I've got to have some time for myself. You're not rich because you're all wrapped up in yourself. You're rich because you put others before yourself. That's what makes you rich. People love those kind of people. A taker's life is usually a self-centered life marked with constant conflict with others. The, the best kind of people in church, in churches, givers come to church and looking how they can serve. Takers come to church and say, how is that church going to serve me? I, you know, you, you see people come every Sunday. Hopefully we get some visitors every Sunday. But some people are coming to church. What, are they going, what am I going to get out of this? No, I, I don't want to look at what I'm going to get out of it. What can I contribute to it? We need a church full of people who want to contribute to the value of other people. Their attitude is, uh, you know, attitude is for some is what's in it for me. Uh, and, and they, and, and, but the other hand is the, the giver, they'll sacrifice their ties and their talents just to be able to serve God. Even when times are tight, and it does get tight sometimes financially, that if you want someone to help out, You know who the givers are? The the givers are the ones who give even when it's tight, and the taker says, "Hey, give me something. I'm having it tight, so I want the church to help me." I'm not saying the church shouldn't help people, but you know, sometimes we find people who don't even want to contribute anything and expect some help at the same time. That's a taker. A taker may give a tithe, but he always expects someone else uh, expects more back than he gave. Soon he'll blame others for not getting getting out of, he'll blame others uh, because he didn't get anything out of the sermon. I didn't get anything out of that sermon. Well, if you put some time into studying your Bible before you came to church, you would have got a lot more out of it. But you know, you know I, I'm going to that church, boy, that preacher can preach over there. Well, sure, after 40 years, we got something going, maybe preacher, we got something maybe going, some hereditary right here, but... I don't go to church just because I'm going to get something out of it. I'm going to look for the church where I can go serve. I'm not looking to be the big shot. I want to be the little shot that says, I want to contribute everything I got. But that's not the way of a taker is. A taker comes to church and says, well, I didn't get anything out of the sermon. Well, you didn't read your Bible at home. You haven't had devotions in months or so. And you came here just to have people say how nice you are and got the free food for the cookout and pat you on the back and then you went home and said, boy, that was good. But what did you get out of the message? Nothing, because you didn't put anything into the message and studying before it. (laughs) A good barometer who's a giver or a taker in a church is just watch people during the song service. I I notice some people, when they sing, they just let it go. (laughs) I can't read a note if there was, I mean, there is a note in that song book, I can't read a thing. I couldn't know you, do so, fo, what are those, do re mi fa, s- yeah, that, whatever it is. I couldn't even tell one of those things. Yeah, but you know what? I'm gonna sing as loud as I can get. Cause it's down here and it's gotta come out. A giver wants to just let it rip and let it go. Now, my wife, she'll say, now, honey, you're so far off key, maybe you shouldn't sing. Look, it's down there, it comes out. Now, my wife, she's got a soprano and she's made some recordings. Oh, great. I expect her to do well, but I don't expect don't expect me to do well, and I don't really I don't care how other people feel about my singing. Cuz it's down here and I just want to let it go. Hey, you're not here to show off. Here, you're here to serve serve God. A taker comes to church and makes excuses about his singing and tries to cover it up with his lack of singing. <laughs> yeah, they don't want to be part of it. Once a, a one service a week is often What many takers want, just one day a week, one time, Sunday morning, that's it. I won't come to Sunday school, but I'll come to Sunday morning. That's a taker. Preacher, if you want something done, look for the guy who's been here Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and been here three and four times. That's the person here. And we're out here last night, and, and someone is out here. We had some homeless guy out here. Hey, we didn't go looking for someone else. We got a couple of givers over here and said, hey, we can help that. And that, let's go find this homeless man. He No shirt on, nothing. No blanket, barefoot, and uh, so on. And the police came out and said the neighbors, he was scaring the neighbors just looking at a guy like that. You know what? We found some givers over here and said, let's go take him. Where do, I asked the police, and where does he live? Oh, he's, uh, he's not really homeless, but he just can't find his way home. He was like four or five miles away from where he is, just walking around, barefoot, no shirt on. Looked like he's trouble. Looked like he was demon possessed sometimes. And we said, let's go take him out and find a good restaurant. I mean, It's a restaurant. Let's go get him a big whopper. That's the giver. The taker says, don't get involved. Don't get near him. I'm over there saying, somebody needs to love this man. Because he doesn't feel loved. That's the giver. And then not just go out there and buy him a lunch. But let's give him a ride home. Hey, and do you have any clothes that you can, you can wear to church? If we came and got you tomorrow, would you come? Let me go find some clothes. And let's, yeah. So we went out last night. We went out to the burger place, got them a big old sandwich and a drink. Yeah, a large drink. You know, some people want to say, well, let's get them the 15 cent, I mean, the 15 cent, the, you know, the one that's, a, the, you can gulp it in one bite. No, let's get them a double whopper and a drink and a large fry. That's a giver. Let's go buy him some clothes of goodwill so if he does want to come to church, we got some clothes for him to wear. That's a giver. And friends, we need a church full of givers, not a church full of takers. I'm not condemning if you're not, but some of us, we realize the real joy is not what you're going to get out of church. It's the real joy in life is what you can give to your church. And keep on giving, keep on giving, keep on giving. One service a week is enough for the taker. I can't. I've got to have three. <laughs> we, we say in our church, it takes three to thrive. And if you're going to really thrive, be here when the church door is open. I promise God if the church door is open, I'm coming. Even if the church door not open, sometimes just want to walk around the parking lot. All right, so what can I do? I can come over here and see some people come to church and they'll be, find problems over here and they're going to criticize and then they go this to other people. Well, if I find some problem, I'm going to find a solution, too. That's a giver. Takers, they just want to tell others about the problems. And that's just in churches. Never mind, what about givers and takers in marriages? Yeah, takers will eventually take away the very relationship that keeps them alive. They often end up as lonely people in, in their marriage. There is never, it's never wise for two takers to marry. I'd say that carefully. Now, let me say this. When you've been immoral before your marriage, you've got two takers. Now, everything is going to be solved after you get married. You've still got two takers and eventually destroy each other. That's why, you know, second and third marriages often don't work out because you've got two takers to begin with. It's never wise for two takers to be married. They'll never be satisfied with each other. They'll continually find fault with each other and they'll blame each other. Their favorite line is, she's not meeting my needs. You ever heard that one? Yeah, I've heard it many times in counseling. She's not meeting my needs. Or he doesn't love me anymore. You know, what you got is you got two takers. Keep on loving, keep on loving. You know, instead of finding fault, find ways that you can pour hot coals on them. So someone cussed you out, yeah. I've been at a church where some visitor came in, and they, they just, I can't even repeat the words. It was so bad what they said. And I said, well, I said, God bless you before, I, when they, they were walking, get back into the car, I said, God bless you. And it was like four hours later, the guy came back and apologized. Keep on giving. Takers destroy each other, and um, strong takers not only destroy each other, that they destroy, they destroy others around them as well. The last word takers have in a marriage is, it was the famous last words of a take two takers. I just couldn't take it anymore. Yeah. And then they blame someone else for their problem. Look, you can have someone who's, who's a taker and you can be a giver and you don't stop giving because they stop giving. This is not let's make a deal marriage. This is where you keep on sacrificing your life for the benefit of the other one, that he that the contrary part might be ashamed having no evil thing to say of you. You keep on giving and keep on giving. We don't, you don't know what they did. Look, I know what God wants me to do. Yeah. They hated him. They, they crucified him. And he gave his only begotten son for you and I. Can I do anything less than just keep on giving? Uh, when one is a giver and the other is a taker, they complain that they're not giving enough. The giver always gets feels like they're drained and gived out. Uh, they've given everything out. When both giver, well, both are givers, by the way, when you got two givers coming in marriage, there's rarely ever a divorce. The long term marriages are there built on when there's two givers. Just keep on giving and keep on giving and keep on giving. And friends, you don't you don't give because someone else did something for you. You did it because you love them. And you keep on giving. I know some men have done some really dumb things in their marriage. And the wife keeps on giving and keeps on giving that he the, the, who's the contrary part, eventually the man's ashamed of himself. He starts to realize maybe in his 50s that maybe I got the best thing in the world. It should have figured that out before he even got married, but that's not happening all the time. In marriage, if a marriage is to be made in heaven, they most if a marriage is to be made in heaven, they most both must give themselves totally to God. Yeah, that's the Bible plan. Give yourself what? Know you not, you're not your own, but you're bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body. Your your mind or spirit glorify God. Now, does God go on and, and and bonk you off the head because you weren't doing that today? Well, that's some people in marriage. You know, well you didn't you reach my expectations, so I'm going to I'm going to treat you with this and I'm going to take something away from you. Yeah, and so that goes on and on. That's not the way to have a happy marriage. John three sixteen is the greatest example of a well, greatest example of lifetime giving. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God the Father sent his only son to give. What are we to say we can't? Friends, you can choose to be a giver, you can choose to be a taker. Here, Joseph, Joseph in this passage here, uh, Joseph uh, Joseph chose to, to be a giver. Choose this day who, who I mean yeah who you'll serve. Eventually, uh, the the taker will take that which is not what they think is the best. But they find out the, when you have all the wealth that, that goes with it, you have all the responsibilities, and then you, what do you end up you end up losing your family because your focus is not on your family. Your focus is on your finances, and a lot of takers end up focusing on the wrong things, the most important things. Being a giver is the only reasonable way to live. Focus on God's, uh, focusing on God's mercy and God's favor. Count your blessings this morning. The Bible tells us that it is more blessed uh, blessed, to give than received. Here, it's more blessed. You know what blessed means? Perfectly happy. It is more perfect happiness just to give. Keep on giving and keep on giving. Philippians 1.21, Paul said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Paul knew that was giving. He knew the joy of giving. John 3.16 tells us, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And, uh, and so he gave himself for us. Um, virtually unlimited power. God uh, had, had unlimited power and he had an unlimited authority. God had all the wealth. Yet he sent his only begotten son to die for us. The Lord God Almighty is the giver. Can we, not be, cannot, can we do less than to mimic what the Lord taught us? To keep on giving. Uh, a giver takes care of the taker. You ever seen people like that? You always got to seem to be taking care of the other person. And a taker needs to be taken care of. A giver is a, self, a selfless person. A taker is a selfish person. And others is the theme of every giver. Self is on the throne of every taker. Uh, people, who, or people who are all wrapped up in themselves. You ever notice people like that? They're all wrapped up in themselves, but they make very small packages in life. They don't make a big difference because they're all wrapped up in themselves. But people who are more concerned about others, givers, they make a difference in life. Keep on giving. And you say, well, some people are, well, I'll give if he gives. No, that's not the way it is. You keep on giving whether or not, because, again, he that is a contrary part might be a shame. In churches, givers come to church to serve. And takers come to church to be served. Uh, takers envision themselves as too busy to serve. You, can say, you ever ask somebody like that? They're, 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 they've got everything on their, on their agenda, and you ask them to do something. They say, no, I've got to do this and do that. You know what, I want to find someone who says, who's going to say, I may be busy preacher, but nothing's more important than my church and my family. And I'm going to keep on giving. Keep on giving and keep on giving. Givers can easily be detected in church because they, they love to sing. There's joy in their heart, isn't there? Doesn't mean you sing on key, but you keep on giving. Takers usually only mouth the words. I watch people just mouth the words. They're not even singing at all. You know, I can see sometimes you don't even know the words, You know, and I don't know what they are. I can't even read the notes, and never mind trying to find where they are. And so, but just let the melody sing. You know, some people will just, I, I said I'm one of those, just let her rip. If I'm off tune, maybe that person next to me will get me back on tune if I listen to them. <laughs> Keep on giving. Givers know that they are the light of the world, but takers often appear to be like a burnt-out light bulb. Yeah. I like that, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, shine for Jesus. Yeah, yeah. we ought to let our light so shine. The takers, the light is already burnt out. Takers seldom take notes in church. I mean, you know, I I'd listen to that, and I write all this stuff down. I'm, I'm, I'm always, in fact, if I'm sitting in a pew, I'm going to have a, a three-by-five card and take notes down. Because you can only get so much here, but when I get it here, then I write it down, now it's up here, and then what happens is later on I go back and read those notes, and I got marks. you know, my Bible's got so many notes in the margin that I wear them out. Because I always write all around the page, and now I can't even read some of those pages I've got so many notes on it. That's, that's someone who says, I can learn something from that. Take it in, yet go give it out. And some people will, some people are the type that will give only if somebody gives them something. No, no, I, I like the sneaky giver. Yeah, you know what the sneaky giver is? You ever done that? Yeah, you, I've gone to a restaurant. I can remember this pastor and I went to this restaurant, you know, Olive Garden. Now, I liked Olive Garden. <laughs> yeah, that soup and salad, I can, I mean, I, you just can't have one bowl of that salad. You know, and then so we went there and we got the works and the pastor said, look, you know, just don't get the salad and soup. You got to have the Andre. Okay. And so there's myself and the pastor and his wife and my wife, the four of us, I know, it's about a hundred bucks. And then uh, we we started to leave there and uh, we asked for the waiters to bring the bill. And she came back and she had a piece of paper paid in full. And uh, wait a minute, who did that? I didn't say any. I didn't know any church member. The Pastor said, "Well, we had someone other, someone else as a member of our church." But I, no, I don't think they would have done that. You know, I love that sneaky given. Hey, you ever done that? Yeah, go uh, go uh, go put a track on someone's door. Yeah, it's something to go put a track on the door, but it's something else, and you go put on the on the front someone's front door a box of groceries ring the doorbell and run. <laughs> Why? Because I don't want to get the glory. I just want to keep on giving and keep on giving. You say, can you afford that? Hey, I get more joy out of doing that kind of stuff than, than I get giving, getting the stuff. I like it when someone comes up in a restaurant and and, uh, and says, hey, Dr. you're glad to see you here. Well, I don't know. There's four or five other people I knew in that restaurant too. And there's a lot of people I didn't know. But all I know is when I went to pay the bill, they said it's already prepaid. You know what? I like people like that because they want God to get the glory. Givers want God to get the glory. Takers, they want to get the glory. Keep on giving. Keep on giving. It's hilarious. And one day I was driving someone's car. A lady said, look, you can take my car. We went to this family's home for dinner and Sunday afternoon, they said we're going back to church early. Well, well I got so I got to go back with you. You're going for choir practice. No, Doctor Valier, you can stay here in our house. <laughs> okay. I said all right. We'll just stay there. And um, what do you do? I got an hour before I have to leave. Now, what would you do? Here's I mean, obviously I say I know these people. These are I, I call them. Well, I called them their their mother was my grandmother, I'd say. Uh, we called her grandma. My grandkids called her grandma, but they weren't even related to us. But good friends. And they said, Dr. stay here. And they went to church. So now I got an hour and a half to sit around here and wait. What do you do? I saw all them dirty dishes. A sink full of dirty dishes from everybody eating at lunch i do sneaky giving. Cleaned it all up. Put them all out. Set aside. Washed them all. I mean, the pot, pan, cleaned them out. Put them in the leftovers in that Tupperware stuff. And then when they came home that night, I didn't go back to their house that night, but after church, they came back the next day. I mean, two days later, Wednesday, they came back to church. So you're the one. What? You're the one, I know you did it. I like that sneaky giving. Keep on giving. Someone I someone gave me a ride in their car one day I said, Look, I'm gonna drive it to church over here where I gotta be there early for the choir practice. Okay, I got in their car and we went to church and they were in the choir, and I noticed something when I got in the car. That tank, that you know, some people ride it on the E-line and even gets below the E-line. Does that bother you? (laughs) It was down below the E-line. And I said to the people who just brought me to church, and I said, well, you're practicing over here. I'm going to look over my notes, but can I borrow your car? I need to go to the store uh, for a few minutes. And, uh, oh, yeah, here's the keys here. So I went to the store. You know where the store was, the variety store. They had the gas pump. And you go in there and say, okay. I mean, it was down below E-line. Go put $50, $60 worth of gas in it. Uh, hey, that's being a gift. We need a church full of people like that. But we got people like Lot. What's in it for me? Today, let's be a giver. Examples of a giver Abraham and Lot. Takers usually destroy the very relationships that keep them alive. They're controllers in a marriage, they're the controller type. They want to be in charge of everything. Givers, yeah, ouch. Yeah, they want to be in charge of everything. Uh, givers would rather give in than fight. Look, we be brethren. I like that. He must have been Southern. We be brethren. Why fight? If there's going to be a split in a church, it's because you've got a church full of takers. It isn't worth fighting over. And, and givers are the peacemakers. Uh, and, and they, you know, takers like to stir up conflict. Did you hear what happened? I always said I don't have garbage ears when people come up to me like that. I don't have those garbage can ears. I don't want to hear anything about it. Don't tell me about it. And and takers they usually take what's is best for them, even if it's not best for them. Takers wind up as lonely people. Because why? Because they don't understand they don't understand the principle of keep on giving. Well, I'll give, but as long as they give to me. No, keep on giving, keep on giving. When you get uh, in a in a church, you have problems with the takers. In marriages, you'll have problems with takers. And then children, what, what do you have when you got children who are not raised by givers? Untrained children tend to be takers. Yeah. You don't want to train your kids that way. I remember my my mother said to me, my dad said to me, my dad was career military, so we didn't see him a whole lot and so on and he owned a he owned a bar when we got out of the military so we didn't see him a whole lot and so mother always said here's your chores on saturday morning clean your room yeah you got to go clean the bathroom that's the that's where there's four boys and two girls so we had two bathrooms and you boys you got to clean the bathroom over here what you know what that trained me that trained me to be a giver and that givers has given us now 40 years of keep on giving, keep on giving ourselves to churches across the country and 40 years of wonderful marriage because you've got two givers who are not keeping the score who did what. Keep on giving, keep on giving. Don't, you know, I don't have to buy the latest fashion. I don't have to have the latest foods. I don't have the latest games. I just want to say, Lord, I've got three meals a day. And it may not be something that you always want, but you know, I don't have to eat that. Sometimes, remember, you. I don't know if you did this in our house with six kids, grandma, and mom, and dad, nine of us in a two-bedroom apartment. Many days there was bowl of cereal, two bowls of cereal in one day, and that was it. And sometimes there was no milk, so you just put water in it. But water on cornflakes? Yeah, it's going to get soggy any way you look at it. <laughs> Keep on giving. You know, but takers are going to complain about it. No, hey, thank God you have what you got. Uh, we ought to limit our use of television, and limit our use of the telephone, and take some more time to spend more time to give and give others. Um, the expect loyalty. Uh, givers expect more loyalty of their friends. I mean, givers don't expect loyalty of their friends, but takers. Because I did something for you, they expect something back in return, and they expect that loyalty. When someone's disloyal, hey, go over there and pour some hot coals and be kind to them. Now I'm going to speak to us military guys over here. I'm one of those guys. When I see something on the street, and I, you know, I saw something the other day, some trash in the street. Someone must have threw their plastic, their bag of whatever they had. McDonald's or whatever it was, they threw it out in boxes there, French fries over here and a bag there. You know, I'd like to see a giver, because a giver is going to look by there and he just doesn't drive by it, he'll stop and pick it up. You watch some people here, you come into the parking lot and you see paper over here, you see the bushes over there, and you and you think, well, you know, it's not my job. No, a giver says, It's my job, and I'm gonna make a difference. I'm going to go pick it up. I, I don't like to see stuff just sitting on the sidewalk. You know, and, and some of us, you can, uh, I do jogging. So I'm jogging my four or five miles a day, and I see stuff on the ground, tin cans. On a, you know, I could almost carry a bag with me, but I'm not going to sit there and say, that looks terrible. If it looks terrible, go pick it up. My mother would say, it may not be your job, but if you see it, it is your job. Now, if you knew my mama, you know it was your job. Okay, don't say it's not your job. Takers seldom are truly happy, and or, nor are they really grateful people. And um, it, you know the Bible talks about ten lepers. Yeah, and how many gave thanks? One. One. You got nine takers there. Nine takers. Hey, finding someone that says I'm going to be the giver and I'll go pick up the trash. You come into the parking lot and somebody's been here overnight and left a couple of beer cans and stuff in the parking lot here. You know, some people say, oh, that church, you know, I know they don't drink, but look at the people. Some church member must let their booze cans over here. No, a giver gets out there and says, let me go pick it all up. It's your job if you see it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in marriages, when both are givers, there's seldom ever a divorce. It's a happy marriage. But when one's a giver and the other's a taker, they'll never be satisfied. When one has been immoral before they married, and the other has not, you're going to find some difficulties. It's going to come out sooner or later, Uh, and and uh, eventually, uh, the one who, the one who is a giver, will just say, "I'm going to just keep on giving." But the taker will eventually find scorn, and blame someone else for the problems. Scorn and mockery is. What a lot of people return return givers are they scorn they they return that giving with scorn and mockery and making fun of them. Look at them. What is he picking up the trash or in church parking lot or any parking lot? If you see it, do it. You know, and 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 and, and when in marriage, uh, we we tend to have sometimes we have with disagreements, but I can always agree to disagree. But I find a lot of couples, let me say this nicely and I'm gonna say it quietly. No, I don't. Quit trying to fix the blame and just fix the problem. Yeah, that's true. Takers wanna fix the blame. Look, fix the problem. So this is not working the way you're right. It's not supposed to. Go do what you can. But don't go blame somebody else because it's broken down. Yeah, the trash is out there and in the parking lot. Hey, I'm going to go out there and fi- I'm going to fix the problem. Well, you can't go pick up all the trash. Well, at least I'm going to pick it. The- if I see it in front of me, I'm going to go pick it up. But the hotel this week said the other night that someone must have left a bunch of bottles and parked in the parking lot and left stuff out there, trash on the, you know. I know where do they go? It looks like they've been to Burger King or something, and it's trash on the ground. Do, do you just leave it there? Or do you go pick it up? A real, taker, a real taker doesn't care who has put it there. They'll just leave it there anyways. But a giver, it only takes about 30 seconds to go pick up a few bags of trash. A couple of cups on the ground. French fries over here. Yeah. That's not my job. That's what they pay people for. Look, this is my country. And I want to make it to America the beautiful. I'm going to bend down and pick it up. Do your job. Don't just say it's not my job. Eventually, the taker often feels used. Uh, I mean, the giver eventually starts to feel used because they're married to a taker. And they feel worn out. Friends, if you're married to a taker, don't give up. Keep on giving. Keep on giving. The taker says, um, here the taker says, she never takes any time with me anymore. Or he doesn't take any time with me. That's a taker. When you're blaming someone else for the problem. And again, Quit trying to fix the blame and just fix the problem. So there's trash in the parking lot. Fix the problem. There's things that are not going right with the, with uh, with your, your relationships. Fix the problem. Lord, is it me? Uh, you know, we want so much respect, but we don't want to put ourselves out to go help somebody else. I can't. You know, the famous last words I said, or in many a marriages, I just can't take it anymore. Joseph, he kept on giving. Being a giver is the only reasonable way to live this morning. Live it, Live your life not for yourself. Live your life for others. You know what? You'll become very, very rich. Not in dollars and cents. You'll be rich in relationships. And there's nothing greater than two givers that can give their life to each other and give their life to God and want to serve God. You'll find the happiest people, and you'll very seldom find divorce but in our country today we've got divorce on every hand now it's the what the, the divorce rate is greater than the marriage rate and so on friends you can choose to be a giver and ruth and naomi ruth said your god will be my god you may not be everything you ought to be but uh, make god your god hey ruth chose to be grateful and uh, she she and boaz had a wonderful marriage because you had two givers together joseph was in prison you know He was wrongfully put in prison even. And what did Joseph do? Did Joseph get angry? No. He kept on giving. Kept on giving. He kept on giving. Being a giver is the only reasonable way of life. Um, Abraham would not even touch the shoe latchet. But a taker, yeah, he's going to take it. Takers will take it even if God doesn't want them to have it. Well, look at how much money I can make in this job if I do this job. Yeah. You know, keep on giving. And then when things don't turn out right on a job, and it costs you more, the taker is going to say, "Well, i will just, I'm just going to cheat him on some other else because it's costing more. I'm going to cut this back." No, I'm going to be honest and say, "Look, I underbid the job. I'm going to keep on doing the job. I'm going to make sure it's the best job I've ever done. I'm going to keep on giving." Luke 17 talks about ten, liver, uh, 10 lepers. Only one gave thanks. They were takers at Thanksgiving. Takers. Are are never grateful and are often uh, seldom happy. Um, Matthew twenty verse fourteen. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you give. A taker will never be satisfied. No matter what you do, they'll never be satisfied because that's not in their, their genes. No, they didn't choose that. You can choose to be a giver. You can choose to be a taker. This morning, which one's going? You're going to do. I want people who want to go serve God. And they'll serve others and expect nothing for reward. Why? Because our reward is not on this earth. Amen. Our reward is in heaven. Amen. Keep on giving. It does matter how you play the game this morning. It does matter. Are you, Which one of you this morning? <laughs> uh, reaching a taker requires a very few messages. Uh, yeah. Reaching a taker requires a few messages and never immediate answers. Get that? A taker requires a few messages and never immediate answers. A giver, he just has to see the job and said, I'm going to go do it. I'm going to go, with, let me do my part. Friends, expectations will ruin relationships. If you're married to someone who's the opposite of you are, yeah, an opposite attract. Don't go fixing the blame. Let go of your expectations and keep on giving and keep on giving. Take your say to their... Takers often say, "Well, she's not listening to me." Well, maybe you're not listening to her either. You're two takers together. Affection in 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 a marriage where you have got a giver and a taker, it's always one-sided. A giver sometimes has to ask for affection. A taker is self-absorbed. And he's absorbed up and all in, He is absorbed in his own self. You know, you got time to go hunting with your buddies, but you got no time to take your wife and kids out for just for a walk. You got to have time for each other. Give. The Bible tells us give and it shall be given unto you this morning. This morning the Lord Jesus Christ was the giver. He gave his all for us. Not just 100%, 100 and over and above because we were all sinners filthy ranks. God the Father sent his only son I know what it's like to have, what, seven grandchildren. And I couldn't see giving any of them up. I couldn't see giving any of my kids up. Serving the Lord somewhere in foreign parts of the world, missionaries. I couldn't see giving up any of them. I want to keep on giving and keep on giving. And I keep on giving to God and give my life to God. And I'm not going to take my life back off the, off the altar for God. God's got to be first in your life. This morning, I want us to um, just examine ourselves. Uh, A cheerful giver defines who we are. That's it. If you're a cheerful giver, that defines who you are. A cheerful giver, being a cheerful giver, determines your prosperity in life. Being a cheerful giver delights our God. Being a cheerful giver decides many things what your reward is going to be in eternity. But if you're a taker, it's also going to define who you are. And if you're a taker, it's going to show that your prosperity is not, it may be in material things, but not in real things that mean real value. What's your choice this morning? As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We be brethren this morning. I like what he said here. We be brethren. You can have this over here, and you can have this one. And what did he take? Lot took was what was rich for him, but he lost everything. He got what he wanted, but he didn't want what he got. Let's bow our heads and pray. Our Father, thank you for this message this morning. And Lord, you know our hearts, and Lord, we're prone to wander. But Lord, I pray this morning, help us. That we might examine ourselves, Lord. That we would see you. We would hear you say, "Well done, thou good and faithful servant." Bless each one of us this morning. Some of us say, "Lord, I'm married to that type of person," or "I am that type of person." Lord, you're working in our hearts. Lord, I'm not all that I need to be, but Lord, I sure want to be more. Lord, help me not to look at just myself. But Lord, may this, my song be like that songwriter wrote, Others, let this my motto be. With every head bowed and every eye closed, someone say to me this morning, I want to give my life to Jesus Christ this morning. Maybe you're, not, you're never not sure where you're going to spend all eternity. Friends, the most important question in life is not whether you're a giver or a taker, is what did you do with God's gift? He gave his son for you that you might have eternal life. There's nothing more important than what did you do with God's son when He, God the Father sent his son to die for you. For God so loved the world. You start looking how wicked this world, how could God love it? For God so loved the world, he gave it. Even while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Anyone here say, Brother Valley, just pray for me. I'm not sure if I would die today, I'd go to heaven. I want to make sure. Lord, you've seen the hands, and Lord, you know the hearts. Lord, I pray that you would stir our hearts and make us a church full of givers. That we might might see the joy of the Lord in our lives, and Lord, our children, in our families, in our homes. Bless now in this invitation, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Please stand with me, if you would. Every head bowed and your eyes closed, please. If God has worked in your heart and you need to come to an old-fashioned altar and just deal with business with God, you come. Maybe it is the area of you are a taker and not a giver. Maybe you're giving, but maybe to the wrong thing. And so uh, God has worked in your heart, maybe even before you walked in today, He's already been preparing preparing your heart for this particular service. I believe this is what God wanted us to hear today, and if you want to come, you can. I'm going to pray, and as soon as I'm done, the piano will begin, and if you want to come at that time, Father, we ask that your Holy Spirit would guide in the invitation. In Jesus' name, amen.